Hello, residents. My name is Zach Olson. I'm joined today by Mike Estefan, and thank you for downloading this week's episode of the EM Clerkship Podcast. This is EM Clerkship's secret residency curriculum, advanced content designed to test graduates of EM Clerkship. And today is round number three of the game. The score stands one to one. Mike will need to perform today's case in real ABAM oral boards format. 15 minutes to complete the full case. He does not know what this case is ahead of time. I'm going to text him EKG images and x-ray images during recording and ask him to interpret. These images will be posted online and on the EM Clerkship Facebook group. If Mike hits all of the critical actions that I have listed out beforehand, he wins. If he misses any of the critical actions, or if he performs a dangerous action, I win. These cases were created by me. They are not actual ABAM cases that I have had, and they are certainly not real patients. Now, as always, let's check in with our hero, Dr. Mike Estefan. Hey, man. What's going on? Dude, how's it going? So, it's been a little bit since our last case where you defeated me. So where are we at in residency right now? Let, tell everyone what month it is, because these are going to be posted a little bit later. But what's going on? Just what's up? So what, what month is it? It's July. It's not August yet. Um, so I since the last episode, um, I've had a couple rotations, a couple short rotations. So I had two weeks in the ED, which was awesome. Uh, if there are any med students out there listening, it does get better residency is sweet look forward to it it's great um and then i started on ultrasound last week so i've done two weeks of emergency medicine and two weeks of ultrasound nice okay so you're good at your ultrasound skills you have some emergency medicine under your belt and um otherwise you're feeling good it sounds like things are going well yeah yeah man it's uh it's been quite a change from medical school you know always feeling like a burden to coming in and actually taking some uh, some pressure off of, you know, your coworkers and the attendings who are there when you show up as the second intern on. So it feels good. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you're doing well. Are you ready to get started? As ready as I'll ever be. Are you ready to lose? I am not going to lose. I promise you. I've put extra effort into this case because I've had several weeks to prepare it, quite honestly. And so you better brace yourself. All right. Let's see it. All right. All right, Mike, take out a piece of paper and a pencil. Place the paper sideways in front of you. Outline a human body on the left side of it. Look at the ABEM website to see how this drawing will look. It'll be pre-drawn for you on test day. Let me know when you are ready. All right, I am ready. Dr. Estefan, this will be a single patient encounter. You will have 15 minutes to complete the case. Before we begin, do you have any questions? No, sir. All right, I'm just going to start my timer. Let's begin. All right, Dr. Estefan, you are working at ABEM General when the triage nurse rushes over to you and notifies you of an ill-appearing patient in the lobby. They are rooming the patient now, and you have been asked to come immediately to bedside, and the wife is coming to the room as well. Okay. Is the patient roomed right now? Yes. All right. What do I see when I walk into the room? You see a patient who is moaning and just diaphoretic, looks ill, clutching his chest. Okay. Is the patient male or female? Male. Male. All right. Uh, what else do we know? 
How old? Um, his name is Mike Michelson. He's never been here before. Nothing in the chart. He's a 65-year-old gentleman. Okay. Uh, and his last name was Michelson, you said? Mike Michelson. What a name. Um, what a name. Mr. Michelson, what's bringing you to the ED today? You don't look so good. Uh, Doc, I feel awful. I'm, my, my chest. Oh, my God, my chest. It hurts. All right. Are there nurses in the room right now? You have a team of well-experienced ABEM nurses. Great. Uh, and can I get an opening set of vitals? Sure. His temperature is 99.1. His heart rate is 95. His respiratory rate is 20. His blood pressure is 120 over 80. His O2 saturation is 98%. Okay. Um can we start getting an EKG cooking and two uh, large bore IVs? Um, get them on the monitor and uh, bring some, bring the crash cart in and we'll put some pads on him as well. Okay, so they're going to hook him up to the crash cart in the pads. The EKG is being obtained and two large bore IVs have been established. Great. All right, Mr. Michelson, so you're having chest pain? Yeah, Doc, it's horrible. All right, when did that start? Uh, Doctor, it was just right before I got here. Okay. It was just, yeah. All right, we can also give him uh, 325 of aspirin. He can chew it. The patient chews 325 of aspirin. Okay, and we can also give him uh, some sublingual nitroglycerin. The patient is given a sublingual nitroglycerin. All right. Um... Has anything like this ever happened to you before? Nah, this is the first time uh, the nurse is sending you the EKG over text message. Okay, give me one second. All right, I can actually see this one, unlike prior episodes. I'll try to interpret this out loud. Looks like a rate of about 70, normal rate, regular rhythm. I see some... T-wave inversions in AVL with an SD depression. I see SD elevations in, I guess that's three and AVF. Wait, did you give me a right-sided lead? There's V4R. Um, typo. Okay. All right. Just making sure. The computer's never right. But sure. It can be a right-sided lead. Um, it looks right-sided-ish. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. I uh, didn't look that closely. <laughs> so I'm concerned right now about an inferior STEMI. Um, can we give him a liter of fluid right now? And um, it's given. All right. Can we call the cath lab? And, They're called. All right. And could we also get a set of right sided leads? Sure. The right-sided leads have been obtained, and they are the same right-sided leads that I accidentally sent you the first time. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, man. <laughs> uh, it's all good. Um, Doc, I'm not feeling so good. Oh. Are you still in pain? Horrible pain, and I'm developing this itchy rash, and I'm lightheaded like I'm going to pass out. Oh. oh my Patient is now unresponsive. Patient, uh, does he have a pulse? Um... 
Yeah, he is starting to have a pulse. It's pretty thready. He's got a rash. His lips are swollen. And his repeat blood pressure is 60 over 30. Okay. Is he responsive? Uh, he's no longer responsive. All right. Well, we should intubate. Um, could I get... Is the airway cart in the room? Yes. Um, and is he breathing right now? Um, yes, but his throat is rapidly closing. We're not even going to uh, medicate him. We can just go for the intubation. Uh, let's try with a glidoscope and have the crike kit ready at bedside. It's all set up. Perfect setup. You have an experienced RT. Great. All right. Do I successfully intubate with the glidoscope? Can I get Um, sure. He, now you have intubated successfully. Okay. Um, we can start him on, uh, I guess, a, like a fentanyl drip. All right. No, let's go prop- okay. propofol. All right. Um, so he's on a propofol drip. He has now lost his pulse. All right. So start compressions. <laughs> compressions are started. Um, what's what's the monitor look like? It's sent to you over the telewaves. Uh, so pulseless VTAC. So um, we can shock him. Shocked. No change. All right. Um, we can continue compressions uh have the nurse draw up a milligram of epi all right drawn up compressions have been continued for two minutes all right um we can shock and then give the epi all right so you shock and give an epi any change no all right um continue compressions we can um throw up i think 300 of amio this is a great time not to have my ACLS card in front of me. 300 of Amio is drawn up. All right. Um, and Two minutes of compressions all right, are sh- done. Shock. Shock. And then give the Amio. All right. No change. All right. And it's still, still pulseless VTAC. Two minutes of compressions. Yes. Yeah, still pulseless VTAC. Okay. Um, and we can draw up another milligram of epi. Drawn up. I guess after compression shock. Okay, shock. <laughs> and then give give the epi. Okay. Um, assuming he is still pulseless VTAC. You check a pulse. He has a pulse back. Oh my goodness, it's a miracle. Is he resp? No, he's not responsive. He's sedated. I shouldn't have used propofol. Um. Okay, holy crap! I don't I don't even know what to do right now. Um, has the cath lab gotten back to me? Yes, they want to know. Hey, this is Doctor Cath Lab. What's up, Mike? What do you got? Hey, Doctor Cath Lab. I think we have a guy with an inferior STEMI. It doesn't appear that he has right ventricular oh, involvement. Um, we got some right sided leads, um, but he he coded. Um, into pulseless VTAC and somehow was uh, achieved ROSC with a very poor resuscitation um, or a very poorly run code. Um, he's intubated. That's all right. I'm sure you did great. <laughs> <laughs> he's intubated right now. Uh, he's on a propofol drip. Um, 
he was given aspirin and uh, sublingual nitro. Um, we didn't start him on heparin or anything of the sort. Um, would you like us to do anything for him besides wheel him to um, the cath lab? Yeah, go ahead and give the heparin. I'm going to come right down to the bedside. Is he stable? What's going on right now? Is uh, That's a good question. Can we get a re- repeat set of vitals? Um, sure. Repeat blood pressure is 70 over 40. Um, and can we give him another bolus? Yep. He's been given another bolus. Okay. 80 over 50. All right. Well, we're, we're uptrending. Um, yeah, I, I don't know if I should start pressers at this point, but I'll leave that decision up to Dr. Cathlab. All right, Dr. Cathlab will be down in a few minutes. <laughs> All right. All right, well, at least I could get an exam on him now while he's sitting there. Sure. <laughs> All right, so um, this rash, where's the rash? Um, it was this a diffuse kind of pink erythroderma that just covered his whole body. Um, I have no idea. It's what now it's improved, been. though. Yeah, it's now improving. Uh, where's the wife? Um, she's in the back corner, um, crying. Okay. <laughs> Can I talk to her? She overheard your conversation with the cardiologist. <laughs> oh my God. I'm just kidding, man. No, she had, she had luckily stepped out for that. You're good. Okay. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> hey, Sorry. um, so I think your husband had a heart attack, um, no, so- is he gonna be okay? I'm sorry. I, you know, to tell you the truth, I'm I'm not sure if he's gonna be okay. Um, we're having our cardiologist come down. We're gonna uh, bring him to the cath lab, which is where we can try to, you know, unblock the the artery that's that's blocked right now, and hopefully, um, get get him feeling better. But, um, oh no, is he gonna have to be admitted? He will definitely have to be admitted. Oh, no. Okay. Okay. Do you have any questions? No. <laughs> okay. Cath lab doctor is at bedside. Thank God. What's going on in here? <laughs> you got? Did he get heparin? Uh, yeah, I, I believe so. Did I order the heparin? Uh, I don't think so. I would. Yeah, how much heparin do you want? I have. I forgot the dose. I have. Yeah, I forgot too. <laughs> I have no right. idea. Pharmacist is at bedside. Great. They're given the the heparin. Great. I, I re- His pressure is still soft. It's like 80 over 40. I, yeah, I don't know if we can start pressers on someone who's going to the cath lab. I, I really just don't know. Uh, the cardiologist says they'll probably start some, but they're just going to take them up now. So they'll get them going up there. Probably a good idea. <laughs> All right. Good job, Dr. Estefan. Oh, God. And then the patient leaves the department, and that ends your case. Oh, that was so bad. <laughs> Dude. Oh, my God. <laughs> I told you I wasn't going to let you in again. <laughs> oh, Just God. kidding. Just kidding. Uh, no, you did really good. That was a hard case, though, wasn't it? Oh. Well, <laughs> right before I sat down, I was like, you know, my AC loss cards are in my backpack. Like, I have these on me all shift. <laughs> like, nah, I'll be fine. I don't need them. I mean, I don't think that was my only screw up, but that was rough. You know, you actually did a pretty good job hitting the critical actions. So, um, 
obviously a sick patient, right? Yeah. Yeah. What was his final diagnosis? I'm going to go with inferior STEMI without right ventricular involvement. Yeah. And, you know, that EKG that I sent you, I mean, again, we'll upload it online. Um, there, yeah. Okay. So he has inferior STEMI, questionable right ventricular involvement. Um, what, why did he crash or um, do you think he would have crashed regardless? Or what are your thoughts? How, so, what would you, what do you think went well? What do you think you would have done differently in retrospect? Because I feel okay. like you are a little more flustered on that case compared to some of the previous ones. You got, you got a little shaken, which was very enjoyable to do to you, by the way. <laughs> oh, I'm sure you enjoyed it. It was, um, it was quite fun. <laughs> okay, so clearly he was allergic to something that I didn't get that history from. It sounded like he had some kind of uh, anaphylactic reaction to something I did. Good. Um, he did. Yeah. So I, I guess I should have asked that before I gave any medications. Good. Um. Let's see. He, I mean, obviously inferior patients with inferior STEMIs are very preload dependent. Um, I don't have, I don't know how much good fluids, um, I should have given him. I started off with a leader, but I didn't have a history. I didn't know if he had a history of CHF and I didn't want to drown him. Sure. Um, I don't know if I was too conservative. I think you ended up giving, if I recall two total leaders, I think. So you yeah. definitely gave him fluids and yeah. you're correct. So those inferior walls there, they are preload dependent. Although in real life, I feel like patients get the nitro before an EKG is done. But yep. in ret retrospect, you know, if I could go back, I would have waited for the EKG before giving nitro to an inferior STEMI patient. Cause that's I would agree. I think that yeah. I think that um, you're correct. So patients pop sublinguals all the time. It's you know a single sub like sublingual nitro is not gonna hurt them too bad. Although again, he was preload dependent, so that certainly would have decreased his blood pressure. Can you think of other any other reasons why nitroglycerin would have decreased his blood pressure? Um, I mean it's a it's like a vasodilator. Right. Just in general, yeah. What are other contraindications to nitroglycerin? Oh, does he take Viagra? Yep. <laughs> Dude, I set this one up, bro. Dude, I was oh. I wasn't playing around. <laughs> All right. Uh, yes. So daphnil usage is a contraindication to nitro. Okay. Good. Yep. So sildafinil. Very good. So I think you have kind of good insight into what happened with that. I agree that in, in the real world, the sublingual nitro, like one or two of those and someone with like an inferior, like it's going to happen by EMS or the patient's going to pop in and it's probably not the end of the world. Um, you give them some fluids and you can kind of pull through. The real danger is, you know, you're sticking on pace, you're having them repeat pop in, just not having any insight at all into the fact that they have an inferior uh, kind of preload dependent or likely a preload dependent MI. Mm -hmm. But I feel like you actually understood that learning point because as soon as you got the EKG, you're kind of thinking, I could tell you're thinking like, oh, I don't know if I wanted to give the nitro to that. So you're kind of all over that. So, um, but you're yeah. right. So the patient yeah. did have anaphylaxis to something. Um, it, it wasn't the nitroglycerin. Was it the aspirin? Yeah. So. Oh my God. <laughs> 
What yeah. a combination. What are the odds? It's almost like an attending had a horrible, horrible day and decided to write a case for you. Oh, I know what day you wrote this case. I guarantee it. <laughs> oh, man. It's all oh, good God. fun, right? But yeah, I, right. I have enjoyed this. Okay. So very good. What are some other things? I don't want you to be too hard on yourself because I don't actually think it went as bad as you thought. You got the patient where they needed to go. You made the diagnosis clear. Uh, you did it. You know all of the the main things. You know as far as diagnosing them and getting them to the cath lab and stuff. So tell me what other things you think you did really good. Because I think there's some stuff you did good. Um, I think. Uh, I and really I, I'll know. also say one. So yeah, you got to give yourself more credit. One of the, in fact, one of the critical actions is a critical action that I put in here that I thought you would probably miss. That I missed myself, not on a real case, but on a practice case out of the practice book that I have. Um, but that I was missed this, myself. With was this, this uh, not using meds for the intubation. Um, no. no, and that's kind of okay. a side thing that that's not really part of this case. I mean, okay. if you're intubating somebody, generally speaking, there's a good lecture out there, by the way, by Scott Weingart called laryngoscope as a murder weapon Okay. where he talks about hemodynamic. Let me think of how this goes. There's hemodynamic kills. There's like acidosis kills and hypoxemic kills or something like that. If I recall correctly, great lecture series, definitely listen to it. It's a, uh, definitely a game. It's, it'll change how you view intubations, but you intubate them. What also happens to the preload? Um, I, you mean from intubation? Yeah. Like what's physiologically going to happen? The sympathetic drive is going to go through the roof, right? Okay, good. Yep. And, um, I mean, in my mind that would increase after load. I don't really necessarily know what it would do to preload. So what do you do when you switch the pressure in your lungs from negative pressure spontaneous ventilation to positive pressure ventilation? Oh. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Right? So what's happening there? So <laughs> you're you're basically pushing fluid like out. You're decreasing right. you're decreasing preload there. And so that's a it's and there's, you know, sometimes you just have to intubate the patient. This was a patient who's having anaphylaxis, you know, you just got to do what you got to do. But um, generally speaking, intubating somebody who has a low blood pressure will cause their blood pressure to get worse. So that's a good pearl. That had nothing to do with this case. This is a side a side tangent. Okay. And so you'll hear things in residency where people will teach you how to make like a push dose epi. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. I mean, essentially stuff that they have prepared in the OR. They'll have little pushes of phenylephrine and stuff I, that you can yeah. give them to kind of boost them up if that happens. But um, yeah. And then also I think you put them on propofol or fentanyl and propofol and you know and that's propofol. gonna and that'll propofol is gonna obviously decrease their pressure too yeah that wasn't the smartest thing but again i i don't think i think you're not giving yourself enough credit obviously some stuff in the case got a little spirally but there's things you did really good early on because you started super strong. And I thought you were going to completely knock this out of the park. So what are the things you did early that were good, that were critical uh, actions, do you think? I guess I, I, guess I, I set them up well. You know, I got him on the monitor quickly. I did not give him oxygen. Um, I got two large bore IVs in. I put the pads on him. Yes, that was perfect. So, again, I, what's the book? I'm going to find it on my desk right now. 
Emergency Medicine Oral Board Review Illustrated by Akuda was the book. It was the book that I used to study. And it was a critical action in there on a case was like bringing the crash cart to the bedside and putting the pads on the patient. Because what you're doing, this is something that they grade you on. They're, they want to see that you're three steps ahead of them. So by doing that, you're saying, yeah, this patient's having an MI. They might go into cardiac arrest. I already have the pads on. And so doing that and having your IVs and having them hooked up with the monitor was perfect. That was perfect. And you also did something else that was really good. Yeah, I <laughs> I don't know. You got the EKG right away. I mean, you before oh, you yeah. got, yeah, before you yeah. got diving in the history or, you know, you didn't need me to go into his history of hypertension, hyperlipidemia, diabetes, his smoking. You had the EKG right up front. You interpreted the EKG correctly right away. Um, you know, you even considered right side elite. So you were all over the EKG. You prepped him. You were like three steps ahead on uh, that he might deteriorate. And, um, you, you made the correct diagnosis. So again, this wasn't, you know, this wasn't a complete disaster. How do you think the counseling of the family went? Uh, pretty bad. <laughs> I, I mean, it uh, was fine. I was just messing with you at that point. <laughs> I was so flustered from my own performance and how, how I kind of felt how that went that <laughs> when it came to the family, I, like, I just couldn't think straight cause I was still Almost yeah. reminiscing on and totally fine because yeah. you still remembered to talk to the family. It's not like I was like the wife is screaming in the corner, you know, like you were all over it. And in fact, you finished the case early, so um, you you counseled them. It's just you know I put that in there so you remember to kind of do that piece of the case. Mm-hmm. All right, so I feel like those were kind of the big, the key, the key turning points in that case. And you did your ACLS fine. You did it exactly right. You know you. I think I said, this is exactly what I wrote down in my, in my thing as I wrote this case. Case progression. Patient will go into pulseless VTAC cardiac arrest five minutes into the case and wake up after defibrillation, two-minute CPR, epidefibrillation, two-minute CPR, defibrillation, AMEO, two-minute CPR, ROSC. I had that written in, so that was going to happen no matter what. So I don't want you to feel like you completely, (laughs) I think you probably tanked his pressure and a lot of that, but he was going to, I mean, you did your ACLS fine. I mean, that was part of it. I was trying to test you on that. And so you went down the right algorithm off the top of your head. So very good with that. Okay. So, all right. So let's go through the critical actions and um, go through that real quick. Cause you got, sorry, I'm counting here. You actually got all of the critical actions. <laughs> all right. Uh, so the critical I, actions were obtaining an early EKG. All right. Okay. Now you didn't get a sugar this time. You don't really need a sugar in this scenario. That's a little, that'd be a little weird to want that, but you got the early EKG again. It's part of your initial resuscitation. Mm-hmm. Um, critical action number two was notifying cardiology or the cath lab of uh, the patient having specifically an inferior ST elevation MI, which you did. Um, critical action, bringing the crash cart to the bedside and placing the pads on the patient. You did that. Um, critical action, counseling family. You did that. I didn't have to prompt you to do that. I just made fun of you while I did it, but no, (laughs) it was was good. And then critical action. Um, I guess you kind of technically missed this one. I said administration of heparin and then discussion of possibly Plavix. Okay. Uh, So 
I, I don't so, think I got that one. Yeah, borderline. I mean, because you're asking, because it's going to depend hospital to hospital whether or not they're giving, like at my hospital, they give heparin right down in the ED while, you know, cardiology is coming down and stuff because you got time before they go upstairs. So you get the pads on, you're shaving them, we're giving heparin and we're wheeling them out. But we okay. just, you know, we just give them their bolus right away, basically. So, right. I mean, but, you know, you, you were talking to them and you're like, oh, do you want me to do heparin or not? That's fine. Um, you didn't do the Plavix, but you did the aspirin. So you got the antiplatelet effect. So that's good. So yeah, and also put them into anaphylactic shock. Right. So <laughs> again, it's not just critical actions though, that are important on this. It's also avoiding dangerous actions. And so I made this case with a specific agenda here in the dangerous actions of this case was giving aspirin to a patient with a history of anaphylaxis to aspirin. And giving nitroglycerin to a patient with an inferior wall MI and on Viagra. And you hit those dangerous actions. All right. All right. And I put those in there on purpose because I, 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 I did this to, on purpose to you, to be honest. It's mean. But it's, I was trying to, like, escalate you wrong. That's why I was so – I was trying to make you sloppy by being like, he's clutching his chest. He's diaphoretic. Oh, my chest. It hurts so bad, my chest. <laughs> you know? I'm like, get the EKG, just go ahead and give aspirin, give nitro. I was trying to, I was intentionally trying to use, get you to skip past taking a focused but good history. You know, when did it start? What does it feel like? Do you have any medical problems? And at least a cursory exam, right? Yeah. Because I got, I was able to get you to skip all of that. You went straight to, and a guy who's talking, you went straight to your IVs, aspirin your nitro your colon cardiology and you don't have it you don't know anything about them right which you need to do a focus you can still ask focus stuff uh, because i know how you have your your resuscitation drawn up you can still ask some focus questions in there just be like hey when did it start like that doesn't you know that doesn't hurt you like are you short of breath are you like do you have a swelling in your leg like there's all sorts of things that can kind of you just do a cursory exam. I look at the patient. How well is he perfusing? Um, I listen to his heart. What do I hear? Because what if I say, you know, he has this harsh diastolic murmur or something? Now you're yeah. thinking, you know, oh, it's cardiothoracic. So trying to not get ahead of yourself and making sure that, again, you're checking your boxes and you're just like, I at least have to talk to the patient a little bit, get the story, um, that kind of thing. Um, and then another one is the nitroglycerin. You kind of just got to know, but it's. Things like asking the allergies is something that's usually documented in the computer. Yeah, like how many patients actually have anaphylaxis to aspirin, right? Like I don't know if I've ever actually seen that, <laughs> but <laughs> it, like it totally happens. And so yeah. asking specifically allergies, um, you know, medical history, like the real basic stuff before you're giving patients medications is a very big one that I feel like you should probably kind of – um, keep track of because that's essentially what happened because I'm watching this and I designed this to teach you this point but I escalated you kind of I, I I excited you through your history and exam I skipped you through it and I then the patient the oh yeah no it was totally <laughs> it was totally dirty and just yeah. cruel and mean and again you did fine you managed the whole thing well you hit all the critical actions um, but it's just a you know, this is kind of a recurring theme with these first few episodes. So sometimes it'll be, you know, just making sure you take a good history and exam on an H and P patient on a recess patient. Like this guy's sick. So you don't want to be like, all right. And then I'm looking at the, you know, I'm doing fundoscopy. Like that's not <laughs> how you're supposed to do it, but just a very, I listen to the heart and lungs. What do I see? What do his lungs sound like? Oh, his lungs mm -hmm. are dry or his lungs are wet or 
right? He doesn't have a pulse in his lower extremities. So just real cursory type stuff. At least do something like that. But um, yeah, so always take an allergy list. So let me just kind of tell you. I wrote – because. I'm going to tell you how I design these so you'll know. Okay. So I write in the top. I just brainstorm. I, you know, I come home from a hard shift and I have a little empty box that says key diagnoses, situations, themes, and pearls. And so like the diagnosis was the inferior STEMI. And then I was going to say allergy list, aspirin, and then, you know, think ahead, put pads on the patient. Um, don't start a whole bunch of nitroglycerin was the things I wanted to build into this case. Mm-hmm. Right. So I just kind of, you know, come up with this matter and stuff and then, um, you know, all of his medical history and everything was down here. I have allergy list, quote, aspirin, multiple previous episodes of anaphylactic shock, <laughs> medications, sildenafil. So I put it in there to kind of prove the point that it was like right there all along. You just have to ask it. Yeah. And to be, be a little cautious. Um, the other thing is you never really sent off labs, but that's fine. You know, it's that's very hospital dependent too. You're getting your your rainbow sent, and the labs aren't even back by the time they're in the lab. Yeah, I that obviously definitely would have drawn labs. I think I just got uh, sidetracked with the resuscitation and everything. Did you use your little was. gingerbread man? I well, I mean, I drew him, but I I didn't get a chance to do an exam really. See, yeah, and and that's the thing. That's the point I'm trying to really hammer away with you because this is – because you see this happen to everyone. Everyone knows the management of like an MI. You're calling cardiology. You're giving them aspirin. You're giving nitro. So I'm trying to teach you to kind of just slow down and just make sure you're methodical. But honestly, it didn't go that bad. Um, the, The anaphylaxis and the nitroglycerin in the patient with an inferior wall in MI and on Viagra and starting them on propofol, that was his blood pressure got low. But you saved him. With good ACLS and good identification of the diagnosis and getting cardiology involved. Awesome. Harder than real life, man. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like I'm going to go into my next shift and the first question I'm going to ask, do you have any allergies to medications? Aspirin? <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, and, you know, the me. other one I was thinking of putting in there that you could do in this case too, is if you have a patient, let's say they had a big cardiac history, let's say they had a history of like heparin induced thrombocytopenia and that's on their list, you oh. know, and you want to give heparin and you tank their platelets or something that could be, a, you know, there's, there's all sorts of mean. So, but cool. anyways, <laughs> um, all right. So Zach two, Mike one, because you performed the dangerous actions. Although you got the critical actions, in my opinion. So you were close. I just I just snuck them up on you. I snuck them <laughs> up on you, man. But you know I love you. You're like my guy. You know that. It's all so, good. It's all good. I'll, so, I'll be back for more next week. Yeah. You see, next week you're gonna you're gonna make it, you're gonna get it, I think. I think you're gonna be like super ready. So but just remember, <laughs> methodical. You don't have to do like a necessarily a thorough history and exam up front, but you wanna make sure. All right, I did a history. I did exam. Maybe I did a point of care ultrasound. You know, I checked my sugar. I checked, you know, the vitals. I got my EKG. Just make sure you hid everything. I counseled family. Like you should have a box on there that's counseling family. So as you're getting to the end of the case, you're like, I put in the orders. I've got my thing. Oh, the family. I need to. Hey, can I talk to the family real quick? And that way you're driving it. But um, yeah. All right. That was fun. That was. That was very fun. <laughs>
Okay. I hope we got this all recorded for years and years of eternity. This is going to be really fun, dude, to listen back to in like three years when oh you're graduated. <laughs> I'm going to like, you're going to be like, I don't know. You'll like graduate. You'll be uh, getting a job for like freaking Harvard or something. And you'll be like, I'm the new doctor, Dr. Estefan. And they'll be like, and all the med students will be like gloating over you. And then I'm going to like hack their website and put this up there. <laughs> <laughs> That's the real reason I'm recording this, just to, you know, it's like, it's like the naked bath baby photos, just for embarrassment (laughs) in future years. That wraps it up for everybody. Um, Again, Zach two, Mike one, more cases to come though. Until next week, keep working hard, keep studying, and be sure to enjoy your shift.